What's up, y'all? This is John and Wes back for another episode of the Nothing Finer podcast after a wild championship weekend. And I mean, we're just going to jump right into it on this. But before we get started, what are you drinking? Water. High quality H2O. High quality H2O. And y'all know already. I'm on this uh, single barrel fiddler that I got down the road here on Wilmington Island. 56.8% alcohol. And thanks to recording the podcast and the SEC championship game, I'm going to need another one soon. (laughs) But we're going to get started with, you know, we're mainly going to talk about the upsets that came from the weekend and then get into the SEC. So we're going to get started with the Pac-12. And Utah did the improbable and beat USC twice in the same season, ripping the playoff hopes that USC had and cutting the Lincoln-Riley season cycle early. You know, they, they they had the opportunity to skip the step of getting blown out in the playoffs this season. Um, yeah, but I would be willing to bet that, I don't know, the second Tuesday in January, ESPN talks about how good USC's defense is going to be next year. I think they're going to start it early. I mean, there's literally nothing to even start that conversation with. Hey, they have a, they have a 6'6", 200 pound inside linebacker. Yes. Um, for those of you that don't know, USC has a linebacker that is six foot six. Um, that is one inch shorter than Darnell Washington, and he is a whopping two hundred pounds, which is sixty pounds lighter than Darnell Washington. Yes. Um, Jesus. So I, I just with actual physical opponents, I don't see how he would be able. To compete. No. Which we saw against Utah. Um and we're just gonna we're just gonna spend a few minutes roasting this USC defense because they deserve it. And Utah did the same Utah team that lost to Florida. Let's it's a three loss Utah team that lost to a six and six Florida team. Yes. Just putting that out there before we get started. Um I'm, they are good now that Anthony Richardson doesn't play for him anymore. Ooh, bombshell. Yeah, we're recording this on Monday night, as you guys know, and Anthony Richardson announced that he is going to uh, – he is going to get drafted in the seventh round and, you know, probably not even make a 53-man roster. So that's that's always a positive sign. Yeah, I don't understand why he declared for the draft, but hey – you know, we're we're going to say it again. The XFL is going to be a lot of fun with Anthony Richardson in it. <laughs> but Utah, back to Utah, they dominated what USC alleges is a defense with USC showing no willingness to tackle or cover or fill gaps on the defensive line. Or really anything other than stand on the grass when it came to playing defense. Uh, 
it it was awful. There was a play where Utah's linebacker Kincaid caught like a 15 yard pass and then ran through like three defenders on his way to the end zone. Dude, I had him on my fantasy team. Oh, that was a good pick. Wait, did this week count? No. Uh, yeah, he was on my fantasy team. I, I mean, that was just a good pick for the whole season. Right? Uh, I can't, it's I don't good. Know, I don't know if he played or not, but I had him. And I had Brock. I had a good, I had great tight ends. Just the rest of my team fucking sucked. <laughs> oh, but to be completely fair to Caleb Williams, he was he was banged up coming into the game, and that was made significantly worse early in this game. And with all that being said, he played his ass off with literally every ounce of energy he had in his body. Yeah. Um, this loss is 100% on what they call a defense. And I say what they call because most people would not call that a defense. I mean, Georgia also played the USC package on defense a couple times against LSU, but hey. <laughs> we will get to that. Trust me. Um, but in this performance, Utah secured their second straight Rose Bowl game. And this time they're playing Penn State. Um, yep. And, I mean, talking about the other quarterback, Cam Rising went 22 of 34 for 310 passing yards and three touchdowns, which would have been a Pac-12 championship record of passing if Caleb Williams had not set that record in the exact same game with 363 passing yards and also throwing for three touchdowns. Jesus. Yeah. 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 But the run game, just like we saw in the SEC championship, is really what decided the game. Utah had 223 rushing yards. And USC had 56. That's crazy. Yeah. But as fun as this game was to watch, USC losing is what allowed Ohio State to snake their way into the playoffs. And if you guys haven't seen our social media by now, we have – we're going to call it the and train of our just – war path to piss off as many Ohio State fans as we can. And it's and because they're and Ohio State University. Of all the universities in Ohio, of which there are like 30, um, Ohio State is one of those that did not win their conference. Crazy. Thanks, thanks Toledo. Crazy how that works. Yeah. Crazy how a, a mediocre team with a bad defense doesn't win Big games, huh? Weird. But I think it's going to do it for the Pac-12 to move on to the Big 12 in the second upset of the weekend. And the outcome of these games flipped because we both said USC would win. And then we both said that TCU would win. Yeah. Um, so that, that didn't happen. Yeah, no. Um, I just find it great that it's the second year in a row that the Big 12 championship has ended on a play like that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like, crazy. But, he I scored. Mean, That's all I'm going to say. He fucking scored. Well, they. I'm pretty sure they scored on two plays. Yes. I mean, it doesn't change anything because they stayed number three, but yeah, he scored. Yeah, I, I don't know. But this is just another one of those games that you absolutely cannot blame on the losing quarterback. Max Duggan, he had a less less impressive performance passing than Caleb Williams and Cam Rising. He went 18 to 36 for 251 yards. Oh, but he rushed for 110 on the ground. And if I remember right, it, he ran for over 70 yards on their last touchdown drive. Yeah. Dude was phenomenal. And if you watched the fourth, you didn't even have to watch the entire game. If you watched the fourth quarter alone in that game and watched what Mac, Max Duggan put that entire team on his back to the point of where at the end of the fourth quarter, he was so exhausted that he could not stand after those last few plays. Like he fell to the ground. He was so exhausted and was picked up by his teammates. Like it was quite literally insane to see somebody do what he did and still his team took the ball out of his hands in overtime for them to lose that game. Yeah, no, like watching him and like what he did and what he left on that field is the epitome of what you want as a quarterback. Like you were saying, he was literally like in the fetal position in the end zone after scoring that touchdown. Like watching you see how slow he was like running, like it was crazy. And I mean, even on that, even on the two point conversion pass, he literally got the ball and doubled over for a second because he was so tired. Yeah, like. Dude left it all in the field. So, like like you said, you can't blame this loss on him. No, a- absolutely not. And I know we talked about it earlier in the season, but Max Duggan was like a three-year starter coming into this year. Dude had heart surgery in 2020. And even going into this season, he at no point was he ever the starter going into a season. Yeah, now he's like a he high finalist. Yeah, he was always the backup. But came in and balled when he when they needed him to, including this season when he had played the better part of three years. And going into the season, they were like, "Oh no, it's this other guy." And then what? Week one or week two, that guy gets hurt, and Max Duggan comes in and finds his way to New York. Crazy. Uh, I, and to be fair, TCU still made the playoffs. That was kind of sealed after USC lost. Um, and I think uh, – I hope TCU can put up a fight against Michigan just because that team and that fan base deserves deserves some sort of success in the playoff. Like, even if they lose, you know, like a 31-27 kind of game. <coughs> Sorry. Or even – go ahead. If Michigan gets a lead, watch out. Yeah. Michigan gets a lead. Watch out. TCU is going to come rumbling back. I would love for that to be TCU running another fire drill fire drill field goal to win the game. That'd be great. That would be the most TCU thing that could happen this year. And then you'd have the hypno-toad in the national championship game. Hypno-toad. 
Sonny Dyke's first year as a head coach make the national championship game yeah. led by I'm a quarterback gonna, that his own team didn't want for four years? I'm no longer calling TCU the horny lizards. Why? They're the hypnotoads now. They, they've earned that right. That, they will continue to be the horny lizards, but we can also – we'll just have them be the longest name that we talk about. Texas, Texas Christian University, horny lizard hypnotoads. I like it. I like it. We're and seeing, none of those. Shirts are getting made tonight. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> I'm the one that does the merch. Maybe calm down a little. <laughs> And what's funny about our names for uh, for TCU is none of them are frog. No. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, toads aren't not. frogs. How are they not? Toads are not frogs. They're separate animals. This, this isn't an amphibious podcast, all right? We'll, we'll talk about it. <laughs> hey, we have a listener that is at UCF getting his PhD in herpetology. Really? Yeah. No, good for them. Yeah. Thank you for super, super smart. I call him a frog doctor. <laughs> Even though it's absolutely not what he's going to school for, I still call him a frog doctor. He is now a frog doctor. Yeah. And he, I, I sent him a shirt one time that I saw on the internet, and it said, MILF, man, I love frogs. Jesus. It is now Shout out, Matt. It is now set in stone. It will be on the interwebs forever once this is posted. They are now a frog doctor. Yeah, absolutely. Plain and simple. All right. You ready to go on to the SEC championship? Let's do it. All right, guys. By this time, all of you know, Georgia avenged that 2019 LSU SEC championship game. Did they? And uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it. As far as like Instagram reels and TikTok goes, but there's a video that somebody made after the Georgia Oregon game where it was like somebody's Oregon and they're like, Oh man, it's gonna be such a good season. I'm just happy to be here. I get to play a good opponent in a fun stadium. And then Georgia runs in the room and just beats the ever living shit out of them. <laughs> um, to a lesser extent, that was this game because the defense. Boy, if the defense was toast, they they got left in a little bit too long because they were burnt. Yeah. Dude, but, but, I've been saying it all season, though, man. Keeley was a liability this year. I don't want to say liability. I, I just – I really don't. I – the thing about Keeley – and Keely, if this ever gets back to you, I truly, we all appreciate your play. And you have done 99% of everything perfectly this season. You're yeah. always in position. You're always, you're always in position. And even if you get like beat off the line, he's fast enough to make up for it. He's fast enough. He's physical enough. The problem is as soon as the, as soon as the receiver turns around for the ball, it's almost like he panics. Yeah. And I don't know if that's actually panicking or maybe he just doesn't have good eyes for the ball and he just tackles the guy so he doesn't make a catch or jumps at the wrong moment. I don't 
I'm not sure what it is, but it for him to be in position every play and fast enough to make up for the plays that he's not in position and physical enough to beat guys up on the line, I just I don't understand it. I yeah. don't. I, I see where you're coming from, but there were just some plays where you look at them and, like, dude would just get straight burned or his receiver would be wide open. You're like, what? what, what are you doing? Yeah. I mean, that wasn't just a Keeley thing, though. I mean, even even Malachi Starks, Malachi Starks, who we pretty much named an award after this season because he was so consistently great. Yeah. And Kamari Lassiter, who this season has proven to be just as good, if not maybe even better than Keeley Ringo. I mean, every, I don't know what it is, but every single person on that defense was burnt at one point or another. Yeah. And, you know, the defense made the plays that had to be made. Um, We're going to talk about a couple of them here in a minute. But, like, there were a lot of meme-worthy plays by Georgia's defense this season. And I don't mean meme-worthy in that Georgia did bad. But it was just they did. It was just this comedy of errors by LSU that provided something wild for Georgia. Yeah. I mean, starting in that first quarter, Christopher, the nightmare, the human eraser Smiths blocked field goal that, <laughs> it, like, I I wasn't at the game, and I didn't see the, like, all 22 view of it, but I would love to know who he was looking at in that play. Because uh, – in the moment, it looked like he was looking at the referee. Like, did you blow? Did you did you did you blow the whistle? No. All right, I got this. Was he looking at Munden? Because I'm gonna have to rewatch it. It looks like Munden was like saying no, no, no. So, right. so uh, with that play, and so this is something that I've actually heard Kirby talk about is that they don't. So, if I remember correctly. Kirby said something along the lines of, we practice this play and they tell the players, if you don't think you can score a touchdown when you pick that ball up, don't touch it. Because if you don't touch it, you get the ball where it was snapped. Okay. Like if the other team downs it, you get the ball where it was snapped. So if it rolls dead, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. But, but when LSU was walking off, their sideline on the opposite side of the field. And he saw that and the referee hadn't blown it dead. Like yeah. that look over and then grabbing it with just a a line of blockers running down the field. Oh, yeah. He was not not getting in that end zone. No. And Christopher Smith has what three defensive or special teams touchdowns over the last two seasons? Yeah. Animal. The best, part about, the best part about that was the box view of Munkin. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> when he's like, no, no, go, 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 go. <laughs> that was phenomenal. I mean, th- this game embodied why I call Christopher Smith nightmare. Yeah, he was all over the place. I He had... A block kick return for a touchdown. Yep. 
and then turned around and had an interception. Yep. And not only that, he made that massive hit on Jack Besh that allowed Smile Mondin to get that interception. Dude, that was one of the weirdest interceptions I've ever seen. Oh, man, I had some buddies over at the house. We were sitting there watching it thinking, like, oh, that was an incomplete pass because from the original camera angle, it looked like it bounced off the ground. Yep. And then, you know, just in the ultimate heads-up play, pun intended. Uh Uh-huh. Smile Mondin picked it up. I mean, he only got three yards on the return, but. Yeah. Just ah, wild. I see the ball go in the air. I look down at my phone. I look back up and he's running. I'm like, wait, hold on. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't, I don't remember where I heard it, but there was also something being said that that was almost the exact play and route that Christopher Smith jumped against Clemson last year for the pick six. Really? And that's, I mean, it's a very common route. I mean, it's just like a five yard (laughs) slant, but this time he jumped it, laid the dude out and allowed another guy to get interception. I'll take it. You know, I've posted it on our Instagram multiple times. Christopher Smith is the best safety in college football. You cannot tell me otherwise. I mean, you can tell me. You're going to be wrong. Yeah. And I will be shocked if he is not a first-round draft pick. (laughs) I will be shocked and disappointed in all 32 NFL teams, I will say. Yeah. I mean, it'll be another N'Kobe Dean. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk about – let's talk about LSU's offense for a minute. Because I, Jordan was able to kind of hold Jaden Daniels in check. I mean, they beat him up. He ended up not even playing the second half of the game. But then Garrett Nussmeyer came in, and a guy that, you know, everybody kind of thought was written off this season. He was fighting for the starting job, lost it to Jaden Daniels. Even when Jaden Daniels was hurt, he never really came in. Like, it seemed like the coaching staff had no confidence in him. And then he throws for almost 300 yards in the second half. And he looked phenomenal in that game against a very good defense. I mean, that one play where he, like, gets out of two sacks, rolls out to his right, and then just throws a rainbow of a pass for a touchdown. I mean, that was phenomenal play. I, yeah. yeah. Check the hater at the door. That was – like, if I would have – if we would have seen Stetson Bennett do that, we would have lost our minds. Nesmar came in and just – I got PTSD. I had flashbacks. Oh, yeah. Backup yeah. quarterback coming into a game in Atlanta – Against Georgia, we've seen it. This is this yeah. is the this is the third movie in this trilogy of nightmares. But uh, the good guys came out on top in this one. Finally, 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 twenty point win. Uh, you know, I've said it all season. We're spoiled as Georgia fans, and I am definitely one of them. That I. I'm rarely happy with a big win because I think there's always something we can do better. Um, 
man, that was phenomenally fun to watch on offense. Yeah, offense, defense was not. No. I I mean, shifting to Georgia's offense, Stetson Bennett went 79.3% completion for 274 yards and four touchdowns. Which, you know, if as everyone knows by now, um, Stetson Bennett is headed to New York this weekend as part of the Heisman finalist ceremony. Not only that, but earlier this evening on Monday, he won the Burlesworth Trophy, which is goes to the most outstanding player in college football that started their career as a walk-on. I just... You know, I've said it before on the show. I will say it. I I cannot deny it at this point. Go back 365 days from today. I thought JT Daniels would start against Michigan. Hmm. After Stetson had quite literally the worst game of his career against Alabama in the SEC championship game. Yeah. I was I was 100% on JT Daniels train. Really? And Early in this season, I changed my course. You know, I was all aboard. I was I was eyeing the Stetson Bennett hype train coming into the season. But after the Oregon game, like in the middle of that game, while I was in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, I got on the train before it left the station. Dude, I've been on that train. I was a man, I was a doubter. I'm I'm not I'm not gonna lie to nobody about it. I had zero confidence in Stetson Bennett going into the season. You can ask anybody. Well, I, I will say going into the game against Michigan, I had zero confidence. Yeah. No. I've always been on the set hype train. And I, dude's played his ass off this year. There's a reason he's going to New York. Absolutely. Dude, when I saw that he was a finalist, I I think it's great because I was just on t- on Twitter and bro, it's great Tennessee. So we just give give the Heisman finalist to the team now. You can't tell me that Stetson's better than Hayden Hooker. Yeah, it sucks he didn't make it, but like you know, you said you know you'll y'all hear later on like. He had his opportunities in the big games to have his eyes on the moment, and he didn't have it. Yeah. Like, yes. Stead has stepped up against top 25 opponents and has put work in. Yeah. No, 100%. He, Stetson Bennett, against the best teams, has had his best games. I just, uh, this game, National championship last season, Oregon game, Mississippi State, Tennessee. And I'll go ahead and tell you what I've said in the episode that's coming out later this week. Hinton Hooker, regardless of the injury, if he would have stepped up and had big games either against Georgia or South Carolina when they were down and needed someone to pull them back up, he would be going to New York in a knee brace. Yeah. But when the lights were the brightest, he got sunburned. Because guess who did get injured and is heading to New York? Caleb Williams. 
Yeah. No, 100%. I mean, C.J. Stroud has been banged up at parts of the season. Max Duggan's been banged up parts of the season. Yeah. I mean, and to be fair, banged up in a torn ACL are absolutely not the same. No, they're not. I, I'm not. But you see it every season. The Heisman winner has a Heisman moment. Yeah. And I think personally that there were two players that are going to New York that had Heisman moments this weekend. I think Max Duggan on that last drive in the fourth quarter had his Heisman moment. Yeah. And I think Stetson Bennett going against – LSU had a top 40 defense, guys. Like, it, no, like, everything else aside, all the shit we've talked about LSU, they had a top 40 defense coming into this game. Yeah, they don't have a bad defense. Ask Alabama. And – Stetson Bennett passed for 274 yards and four touchdowns. I, I, There's really not a whole lot more to say about it. He deserves, between his career, and I understand a Heisman is a single-season award, but you have to take everything about a player into context, and he 100% deserves that trip to New York. And yeah. you know he's going to get a fresh fade on Friday, and you yeah, know he's going to show up in a clean-ass suit. Stoquavius. I would love for Stetson to show up in, like, some overalls and a red button-down shirt underneath, <laughs> being from South Georgia. Like, that – that, I would love that. I don't think it's going to happen. But that, man, I would smile. I mean, I, what, didn't – no, it was the draft Zeke showed up to with a crop-top shirt. Yeah, it was the draft. I mean, let's talk about Kendall Milton for a minute. Let's do it. He's not going to break out this year. Yeah, I was about to say, he was one of our breakout players this year. We were both super excited about him. I mean, he dealt with some injuries. But I, you were much more on the Kendall Milton hype train than I was. So let, I'll let you go ahead and talk about this one for a minute. Dude, dude went off. Granted, he didn't have a touchdown. But you eight carries. 113 yards. He averaged 14 yards a carry. Like, take that. Like, it's hard to get five yards a carry in the SEC, but to average 14, 113 yards. Like, dude, once again, put this team on his back. Granted, it was I don't want to say over from the get go, but he put this team on his back. It was like, let's fucking ride, and he rode. And he oh, yeah. and he went. Yeah, Kendall Milton, I, this is this is the player we've expected him to be since he got to Georgia. And injuries have derailed many of his seasons at this point. This is his junior year, and he dealt with knee injuries his freshman and sophomore seasons. And even this season, I mean, he was still dealing with a knee injury coming into the season, pulled his hamstring during the season. And this team's getting healthy at the right time. God, yeah, they are. You got Kendall Milton coming back with a vengeance. You had A.D. Mitchell play multiple snaps. Dominic Blaylock had two catches for 23 yards, which 11 and a half yards a catch. I mean, that's – team's getting healthy when you – and Lad McConkey, what a lot of people don't know is that Lad didn't practice most of the season. Yeah. 
like that he was held out from injury almost all season long at practice and just suited it up on Saturday and played his heart out. So he finally got healthy enough to practice and play, and we've seen it over the last few weeks. This is a lad we saw last year, and he didn't play the second half of this game, but I think that was because they didn't need him to play the second half of the game. Well, he wasn't even dressed. He wasn't street clothes the second half. Yeah, I think that – I. From what I understand, it's like a it's like a bone bruise on his knee. Oh, okay. So I think he is oh, yeah. I, I think he would have been capable yeah. of playing, but not at a high level if they needed him to. But with this game effectively being over at halftime, they made the decision to hold him out. Yeah. And yeah. All I know is if Fitz's girlfriend breaks up with him, she's got a lot to deal with. Hey, they just had their one year anniversary. Hey, all, all I'm saying, don't break don't break our, our other sweet boy's heart, all right? <laughs> I mean, man, this this was just an offensive explosion. You had Kendall Milton over a hundred yards, Dajan Edwards seventy seven, Kenny McIntosh. 55, but two touchdowns. You had Brock Bowers, Ladd McConkey, Darnell Washington, and Dylan Bell. The true freshman Dylan Bell got a touchdown. Don't forget, don't forget, AD threw for a two-point conversion. Oh, we're going to be talking about that here in a minute in our in our awards section. Oh. Um... Man, I just – the defense pissed me off. I had no idea what they were doing most of the night. But the off, this was the offense from Oregon and South Carolina that we all expected to see. So, question. What's up? After watching this and this offense, do you think we could win a shootout against Ohio State? What? Yes. I know you're doing that on purpose. Stop. Yes. You think so? After watching this, you think if it's an offensive game, we, we could win? Yeah. We've got, we've got a Heisman finalist at quarterback. I am willing to say that Georgia has one, if not two, running backs that are better than anyone on Ohio State's roster. Georgia has a better offensive line than Ohio State has a defensive line. And I – I hate to put it this bluntly, but if Michigan and J.J. McCarthy, without Blake Corum, were able to blow Ohio State out at home, and Ohio State has to come to Atlanta, to Athens' backyard, to play a playoff game. Yeah. I I don't. And you know we'll break down Ohio State a lot more in the coming weeks, and we'll we'll talk about it a lot. But I think that Ohio State is gonna have to get not only play the best game that they have all season, but they're gonna have to get lucky. Yeah, and they're gonna have to run the ball. They're gonna have to run the ball. They're gonna have to be able to pass the ball. They're gonna have to be able to protect C.J. Stroud because Georgia was getting through LSU's offensive line without blitzing. Yeah, 
Jalen Carter literally threw a lineman to get back to the running running back. Uh-huh. And we haven't even mentioned the picture. That's my background on Zoom today. <laughs> Jalen Carter picked up Jaden Daniels with one arm, held a one up to the sky, and you can see it in some of the camera angles. Jaden Daniels was laughing. He was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you? That's like, that was like, I, I will say that's the equivalent of a kid falling asleep on the couch and waking up as their parents carrying them to bed. Yep. Because I, oh, man, that that play just embodies how Georgia has quite literally built themselves and their roster different than almost every other team in the country. Because you're not getting a defensive tackle from Michigan picking up a big quarterback with one yeah. arm. Yeah. And then like and the thing is Jalen didn't throw him down. Like it in the middle of that, like towards the beginning of him picking him up, he could have just fell forward and it would have been a legal tackle. Yeah. He just picked him up and was like, Can can we be done? Can are we done? All right. Next play. You are now my child. And if you guys haven't seen that meme that I shared on our Instagram, that somebody photoshopped Jalen Carter's face over what's the uh, what's the what's yeah, and then Jay er, Jaden Daniels' face over Simba from The Lion King, and that just the internet's undefeated. It's great. All right. You ready to get into offensive and defensive MVPs? We'll start with defensive this week. And I'll be honest, I had I have a little bit of a difficult time with this one. And I say that because Javon Bullard had himself another game. I no one's been able to pass on him pretty much all season. But then you had Christopher, the nightmare, the human eraser Smith, do what he did with a block kick return for a touchdown we've already talked about, an interception. He made the hit that allowed Smile Mondon to get his interception. I just, for me, it's got to go to Christopher Smith. Um, and I don't. Like I said, it was tough between him and Javon Bullard just because Javon Bullard has been a backpack on whoever he's covering all season. He's made plays in the backfield, but I got to go with Christopher Smith just because of the versatility that he's got and his leadership on this defense. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, Definitely led that defense (laughs) all season, led this defense into this game, and definitely showed why. You got offense? Yeah. So, you know, like, I've been doing, like, 1A, 1B. You know, this is 1A2 or 1A and 1A.2. Like, I'm not (laughs) – we've already talked about it. It's Bennett and Milton. Like, I don't don't need to go much more into detail on that. Like, we we went into extensive detail on that earlier. Those two just put this team on their back and was like, let's fucking ride. Yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. 
And we've got two special awards that we're going to give out this week, just based on performance. And the first one is... I know I'm asking a lot, you guys, but hunker it down one more time. And it's got to go to that fourth and one stop in the red zone where Georgia's defense just locked down that run game. I mean, it, it went from like second and in inches to third and a couple feet to fourth and one, and then they lost another yard on that fourth down play. I just – you're not running on this Georgia defense. No. It's not possible. Especially when you got Jalen Carter literally throwing linemen three yards into the backfield. And not to mention Nazir Stackhouse, who underrated as hell player. Yes. Not only did he make that blocked field goal, but he, like I've been saying all season, no one replaces Jordan Davis. No. But of the guys you had on the roster, Nazir Stackhouse has played well above what anyone expected him to this season. Oh, yeah. And that just – and that play right there embodied it. I mean – in the second, in the end of the game, Georgia didn't have starters playing on the defensive line because Kirby would have rather gave up forty nine points and get a one point victory than get anybody hurt, and they were still shutting down the run game with backups in. Yeah, and good. I'm just trying to figure out why we went for two. Cover the spread. You think so? No, <laughs> I think I think a big part of it was to because the Big Ten championship had not kicked off yet. Kirby wanted to play in Atlanta and he wanted to show the committee one last piece of evidence on why Georgia should be the number one team in the country. Yeah, sorry, I'm reading these comments. Oh, Lord, you read the comments. I don't comment back, but they're talking about how Stetson is. Oh, not bad for a 25-year-old playing against 18-year-olds, blah, blah, blah. He shouldn't – you put anybody on Georgia and they're going to win. I could play quarterback for Georgia and go 13-0. Like, come on, man. Shut the fuck up. Wait. How old was Joe Burrow when he won the Heisman? Wasn't he, he like, was like 24? That's what somebody says. Somebody commented like, Joe Burrow was like 24. Like, Joe Burrow was the greatest quarterback in the history of college. Like, Sesson just turned 25. Like, Yeah, like he was 24 until October. Yeah, I don't – whatever, man. I don't – there's a reason that I avoid Twitter and most comment sections. Oh, I'm – I get a laugh out of them. I think they're hilarious. Man, you want to talk about comment sections before we get on to this next one? I know we're running on a tangent, guys. Someone, an Ohio State fan, commented on one of our posts the other day, and it was – it was that meme post, if you're on our Instagram, you saw it, where we said teams that should make the playoff over Ohio State, and we put Utah, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, and Florida State. Obviously a meme post, right? Someone commented on that post, you should kill yourself. Big Ten fans are wild. Big Ten fans also think that Jim Harbaugh is a significantly better coach than Kirby Smart, but... They also choose to live in states like Michigan and Ohio, so they can't be that intelligent. I just don't understand why people took that post so seriously. Like, it was obviously a joke. Yeah. Like, we said Vanderbilt. <laughs> come, come, come on. We said Vanderbilt. Come on. Yeah, 
whatever, man. Social media is is not real life. It's once again a- after someone told us to kill ourselves over a meme, um, full full hype train behind triggering every Ohio State fan we possibly can moving forward. Dude. Sorry, now I'm scrolling down Twitter. Apparently Nick Saban had Brock Bowers drug tested after the National Championship game. That's hilarious. Dude, Saban is he he's down bad. <laughs> down bad. Man, I just the thing about Brock Bowers is he's not human. I don't, man, I don't know if they started giving that boy some California wine as soon as he was like an infant and that's what did it, or I don't know, man. He's not, he is literally not human. He is a different species. He is the next level of evolution and human development. Yeah. But if we, let's move on to our last award here. And it is the. Award, and that is going to go to A.D. Mitchell. And, you know, it technically wasn't a touchdown, but um, Saturday in the SEC Championship was his first time touching a football on a live field since his single catch against Samford. And let's go ahead and say it. Samford is 11-1 and with their only loss being the University of Georgia, and they are dominating in the FCS playoffs right now. So a 33-point shutout is probably not, not a bad win against a team that is favored to win the FCS championship. Just going to just, just gonna say that. Um, so technically it wasn't a touchdown, but A.D. Mitchell on that Philly special throwing a touch or a two-point conversion pass to a wide-open Darnell Washington that had not a single person close to him. I just, I mean, you know, I posted in the Facebook group unlikely things to happen in the SEC championship that I would like to see. Well, one, we did see Kendall Milton running through people, so that was we good. We did. Um, but an A.D. Mitchell two-point conversion pass to a wide-open Darnell Washington was not on my list. Should have been. It should have been. Should have been. The thought never even crossed my mind, if I'm being entirely honest. Not at all. I wasn't like, they're going to run a Philly special. I, no. Mm-mm. Never thought about it. We should have saved that one for the for the books, though. I will say, I you know, I keep saying it. There was one punt at about midfield. The one where uh, Thor took an extra step. Uh, and you thought about it too, didn't you? No. When he was, took that extra step? No, because I didn't get no uh, – I mean, I did, but I was in and out of this game, dude. I was dying on Saturday. Yeah, I forgot about that. But <laughs> if, if you go back – if you go back and rewatch it, which I recommend you do since to get like everything about the game, there's a there's a punt right around midfield where Thor takes an extra step to the right. And you're like, oh, this is it. Bro, I literally I was sitting on the couch and I went to the edge of the couch and I was like, oh <laughs> fuck. I'm waiting on it. I I would be willing to bet. 
that they do a fake punt by the end of the national championship game if they make it to the national championship game. All right, I can I see that. But I think it's going to do it for us tonight. Um, as always, first off, I'll edit that out. All right, guys. Same thing we talk about every week. Your favorite Georgia distillery, founded by multiple Georgia graduates. And I've gotten to be friends with the team behind Atlanta's ASW Distillery. And I, as every week I say it, but I am super proud to report that the last four years running, they are the most awarded craft distillery in America at the San Francisco World Spirits Competition, including multiple gold web medals for their Fiddler bourbon line. And, you know, I say it all the time. Five different dogs helping make this delicious bourbon behind the scenes and their rye and their single malt and their single varietal and their gin's good. Um, Join them and David Booth at the Battery in Atlanta to watch a Georgia game this season or, even better, the Army-Navy game on Saturday. And then go ahead and pick up some Fiddler bourbon for a tailgate or just, you know, for Christmas. You got to deal with family? Take a little bit of ASW with you. ASW, delicious bourbon, distilled by dogs. But with that, we're going to go ahead and close it out tonight. As always, follow the Instagram at nothing.finer.pod. The Twitter is at finerpod. YouTube channel, just search Nothing Finer Podcast. Make sure it's got our logo. Facebook group, just search Nothing Finer Podcast on Facebook. It'll be there. And all of this information is also in the link tree in our Instagram and Twitter bios. Next week, the December ASW giveaway is going to go up, and we will make this one easier because we know that November's giveaway was it was a little bit much. So we're going to make this one a little bit easier to try and give away some free stuff to you guys. Yeah, we um, love to give you free stuff. Yeah, we're trying to give you free stuff. Just help us out. Because if I have to award myself some free bourbon and T-shirts, I will do it. You know, I don't want to, but I will. I don't want to. But as always, guys, remember there is nothing finer in the land than a drunk, obnoxious Georgia champ. Biggest third down in Bryce Young's career. You need 10. Play clock at four. From the pocket, launching downfield, underthrown and intercepted. Keely Ringo has an escort down the sidelines. All the way to the end zone, and Georgia is going to conquer the Crimson Tide.